This episode is about my thoughts on how Trump has served a purpose and what greater purpose that might be, as well as a personal account of how Trump is like my childhood father and how to look at the energy underneath things that are happening, things people say and do, instead of the concrete thing on the surface to look at the energy of what's going on in the world and in you. And lastly, that we are truly free and to come home to yourself. The Embody podcast accompanies you on your journey of remembering and embodying your true nature, integration and alignment with your vibrational clarity, self-love and living a life of beauty and wholeness. It's a menu of transformative healing tools, experientials, meditations, and practices from a blend of family constellations, somatic therapies, and holistic and spiritual practices sprinkled with vulnerable conversations with people who have the courage to be themselves, alive now episodes with updates on my personal process, and reverie episodes that are spiritual succulents that honor, reveal, hug, shake, or stir you into love. I'm your host, Candice Wu, integrative and intuitive healing facilitator and artist. All right, I'm really not sure how to start this episode. Today is Sunday, October 4th, 2020, 9.53 a.m. Eastern Time. And I'm primarily starting this podcast with the date because there are some key events happening by the minute. Um, Particularly, I'm recording this before, about eight days before I'm going to air this. So if anything happens in between now and then, then it won't be included in this episode. For example, that Trump has been tested positive for coronavirus and is being hospitalized And as I'm reading the news, he's been in um, some versions of critical care, it sounds like, and there's some report that he's doing better. I'm not sure what the truth is, which is part of this podcast today. The other day, one of my good friends said that she felt Trump's purpose was complete and that whatever his purpose was is over or it's coming to an end. And something about that really resonated to me. Maybe that was just my fantasy. But what that comment spiraled in me was the sense of purpose. And when things unfavorable happen, do they serve a purpose? And what purpose do they serve? There are plenty of people out there that feel um, that support Trump and really like what he's doing and find that he does and has done a lot during his presidency. And I still can't quite figure out what those things are. And then there are plenty of other people that feel like he's destroyed so many good things and he's brought forth evil. He's brought forth hate and divisiveness. And when I ask people about that, what has he destroyed? What what do you see here? One of the responses I got was, Well, he's destroyed a lot of environmental policies that were in place to support environmentalism, the earth, and sustainability. And my thought to that was, I wonder if that served a purpose, just like the wildfires uh, that have been going around all around the world for the last year and more recently on the West Coast. Perhaps that serves a purpose to destroy and burn down something sort of like coronavirus quarantining has served to break down some systems. Trump certainly doesn't do it in a way that um, is happy and uh, loving more directly, but perhaps there's a way that he serves a purpose to destroy certain things that need to be destroyed and to show us in an honest, well, (laughs) I'm sure many of you would not associate the word honest with Trump, and there are some ways that I wouldn't either, 
but there are some ways that he just is brutally direct and um, blurts things out and goes uncensored. And that kind of draws forward white supremacy or white power that already has existed. Hate that already has existed and divisiveness. And when people say, he's bringing that, he is the one that's dividing us, I challenge that by saying, well, what do you do with it? Are you also being divisive? So many people have, and I'm not saying this is bad or wrong, but it is a chance to look at ourselves. So many people have um, canceled things or cut people out of their lives because they are supporters of Trump. And there's definitely a necessity for protecting yourself, for supporting your own self and community. And when we step back and look at the larger picture, isn't the divisiveness in many places, not just him and not just his supporters. My mom has two friends that she um, has been close with over the years. And more recently, one of them um, has been close with for the last two years. And she was heartbroken when she learned that her friend had voted for Trump. And the way she learned was that uh, there were Trump 2020 signs on her lawn, on this friend's lawn. And she felt, oh my gosh, she voted for her once and now she's voting for, she, she voted for him once and now she's voting for him again. And that just crushed her. And she felt like, how, how could my friend, who also is a person of color, vote for someone who has torn up the rights and um, been so racist towards people of color. And I know some people on, on Trump's side would disagree with that and just call it left media and how left media has villainized Trump. And yeah, this is part of the conversation. So my mom was crushed and she said, what do I do? I can't be friends with her anymore. And then eventually, as we were talking about it, she said, but if I dump her as a friend because she's voting for Trump, aren't I doing the same thing that he's doing? And my response was, yeah, you really got to think about that, don't you? <laughs> like you? Yeah, I think it's the same thing. It comes from the same energy. And somehow we can excuse it away as okay. And maybe it is okay, but but we can't just then blame it on Trump if we're going to do it too. I mean, we can, it's just not very self-honest. So it's my sense that Trump has brought forward the shadow parts of many. And if any of you are listening and have a reaction to him or people in power, or you're having an, a reaction in the opposite direction, I'm just saying none of it's right or wrong. Voting for him or not voting for him isn't right or wrong. There's no morality in this conversation that I'm talking about that I intend to bring forward. What I want to talk about is the shadow parts of us, the parts that we reject in ourselves, the parts that we try to discard and we, or we repress and successfully discard, that we cast away. And therefore project into someone else. And it doesn't just happen on a mental level. It happens energetically. Have you ever been in a room where it was obvious that people were upset in some way, whether that was sad or angry or some, some version of um, uncomfortable feelings, but someone was saying, no, I, I'm fine. I'm fine. And it's palpable and you can feel it. It's a form of projective identification if you can sense and feel what someone else is repressing and casting off. If you have strong and healthy emotional boundaries, you might not take it in, especially if it's just kind of sitting there or out in the space around you. But if it's directed at you, it's a little bit harder to not take in. When someone puts it into you and says, you're the one feeling it, or somehow turns the tables 
and suddenly you're feeling that thing that they don't want to feel. I'm not disowning that Trump has responsibility. He has his own responsibility for his own actions and feelings and energies, but we all do too. Each of us do too. And so the purpose that it seems to me that Trump has served or is serving is to bring forward out of the shadows, out of the darkness, out of the corners, all the cobwebs that have existed for so long in this country, in this world. And it's brought to the surface and we can scapegoat and blame it on him and say that he is the one, he's the problem and his supporters. Or we can say, what if this is mine? What if this is me? And heal that from the inside. On the spiritual level, it's a chance to look in ourselves and say, where is the part of us that hates? Where is the part of us that is violent or rageful? And to go to this deeper level and understand that part of us will give us a way broader capacity to understand the world around us. Just saying that this needs to stop and ending it sometimes works, but sometimes it doesn't. And for centuries, it hasn't here. Oppression, racism, and these social constructs that have kept people, some people down and some people up, this has been going on for so long. And it will, it's my sense it will until it doesn't need to be. And it doesn't need to be when the individuals that are involved, and that can be very broad, you could be a bystander, you could be in it. When the individuals involved don't need to see this anymore, don't need to experience this anymore. This is not a thing that lives inside of us. So therefore it doesn't need to live outside of us. The external reality is the evidence for the internal constructs and beliefs that we are carrying around with us and play out in the world. This is where I see the most powerful change. And it's not necessary that we change. It's all happening and it's all happening in its right way. I was listening to a podcast by Ezra Klein and he was speaking with a rabbi and that rabbi said that this world is unfair. This world is unfair. And I didn't quite buy into that. There are ways that the world is unfair, but there are ways that this existence is very fair. And the part of this I'm speaking to is the fact that whatever is going on inside of us seems to have its confirmation outside. And if you're not having those beliefs, it doesn't seem to be a thing for you. I mean, we're not all Zen masters here. <laughs> and that has its own connotations, but you know, we're not we're not in unconditional love yet. We can't find a way yet to integrate the shadow, integrate this darkness and chaos and divisiveness and hate, integrate the person who boldly <laughs> brings it to the surface. We cannot integrate him in, into, into wholeness. And if you're on the other side of things, there may be a way you cannot integrate the people that are against him. And both sides are part of an opposition that roots in the same energy, in the same energy of that divisiveness or hate or darkness or whatever, whatever it is that you attribute to the other. When we denounce a part of ourselves, for example, violence or rage or whatever it is you attribute to someone else, you are against a part of yourself. You outcast pieces of yourself and those parts can become demonized when they're so far pushed down or away. They just take up a life of their own. They do push-ups in the corner <laughs> and find a way to show themselves even harder. And we tend to externalize those energies, those parts of ourselves that we don't like into someone else and then 
scapegoat them. We make them the problem. We blame them. And that's the way we kill off other people. We say, you don't belong with us. You're not part of me. You're not, you don't deserve humanity in some, some extreme, more extreme versions, which is in a lot of ways what people think about Trump or, or his, uh, his opposition. And the, the really challenging thing is that we become the very thing we dislike. We become the very thing that we are trying to disown. We become that hate. We become that violence. We become that divisiveness. And we disown ourselves. When we disown ourselves, we stay broken and we blame it on someone else. So we really throw out our own power our own ability to respond, the responsibility to the wholeness of who we are. If we took that in as our own, we wouldn't need someone else to house the evil for us and for it to get so out of hand and so escalated, for it to become bigger than them itself, bigger than them as that human, but become a force of evil, say, or divisiveness. It goes to the form of evil and demonization when many people disown it into and fuel, funnel it into someone else. And what we're really saying is that kind of emotion, that kind of energy or way of being is so bad, so powerful that we must cast it away. We must get rid of it. And the alternative would be to integrate it. That we are so powerful, I am so powerful that I can integrate that energy and I can harness it. And I can do something with it. And I can recognize and honor when it needs to rage and funnel it into ways that feel important and aligned for me and I can honor the creative prowess and ferocity that comes with that kind of energy the red energy the destruction the chaos all that comes creative force creative possibility that is disorganized and has a life of its own then we can say, I am powerful and I can use that for what I would like to use it for. Then we are co-collaborating with all the energies that be, all the energies that are a part of us. We are each every possibility of energy. And we're so energetically, I don't know, moldable. We're so energetically scattered in a lot of ways. And that diffuses our power. We think that other people have power over us. So we are living the victim mode. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. And there are some people that are actively living that right now and experiencing that. And that might be exactly what they need to be. Maybe that's you. Maybe it's not. We're looking at the shadow. If we're speaking in Jungian terms, we're looking at I'm coming from standpoints of Tavistock or group relations where the systemic, the group as a whole functions in certain ways where we are taking on other people's energies, we are in different roles, we are repositories for different energies and emotions that we are more, our disposition has a vulnerability to for whatever reasons, for our childhood, for, for reasons from our childhood, for reasons um, where we have experienced trauma, where we have a window and a receptor to certain energies that other people want to discard. And if we can be aware of it, we can start to digest that and metabolize that and form a new way. But if we aren't aware of it, then we just become that which we are made to be by the system where the system discards certain energies and some people take them up. And then those people get blamed for it. And that happens on every level. I'm talking about it happening with Trump. 
but I'm also talking about it with um, people of color. They have taken up certain projections and ideas and beliefs that other people put on them and that they may be housing in themselves as well. So all this happening with Trump and the election, the purpose, for me, it feels like his purpose has been a marker to reflect back on ourselves. Trump, Trump is my father. When he first got elected in, I was dating someone who also uh, had really painful wounds that were triggered by Trump's existence, by the way Trump held those same kinds of energies. And with this person, um, our relationship just tanked really fast where I began to see a version of my father and Trump before my very eyes. And I was in a position again where I needed to experience this. And luckily I was in a good enough place where it didn't re-traumatize me or become another layer of trauma. Well, maybe it did. I had to process it for some time after that. Like it took a little bit to unpack, but I was aware enough to know, okay, this is me seeing this dynamic again of gaslighting, of someone being so vicious towards me and how am I going to handle it? Am I going to just blame it all on him and get small? Or am I going to find a way to act that feels satisfying and important to me or right for me? Am I going to express what I need to express or do what was aligned for me in that moment? And in that moment was a particular moment that later would have been different. I would have been a different person a year later. So what was very particular in that moment, um, I trusted that as I was aware of it, that I would just do the best I could. So that was interesting because I was getting a chance to see it again all the while Trump got elected. And um, what I'm referring to seeing what again, what I'm referring to is seeing a man in relation to me blame things on me, um, call me a narcissist when I experienced that it was the other way around, be really mean and point, criticize me for things that seemed like were the things that he was doing to me or doing in the relationship, um, yelling at me. And honestly, it just flared up it just got really big when Trump got elected. And before that, it was kind of hidden in the dark. It, it was like coated over with other ways of interacting. Threats, different threats. And all this I experienced when I was younger. Remember my father being like, why are you crying? There's no reason to cry as he's like screaming at me uh, at the dinner table. He had told me, really mean things that I'm not going to really repeat here because that's not important. It just, my experience of it was pretty excruciating and it, it touched on and it built more insecurity in me, more worthlessness, worthlessness in me and um, feeling of self-hatred. And it took me a good solid 10 years in my twenties into my thirties and layers and layers of it even now to unpack. And I don't think that it's my dad's fault. It's just that I, what I believe is that I came in with these and that really exacerbated it. I really had an experience that I could completely see what was inside of me. And as a child, that's really a helpless place. But later I could find my own, my own sense of self and power. So when I look at Trump, I see my father as a young person. And 
if I'm going to go farther with that, when I was growing up, I always seemed to be in the sphere of my mother. She would confide in me. She would feel wounded by my father. I would feel wounded by my father in the same way. We had a very similar experience in a lot of ways. I um, held her emotions that were unexpressed, her anger, her rage. I would fight back. She wouldn't fight back very often. And it was painful. And when one of my friends, a fellow healer, and I were doing a constellation, family constellation session, he had me stand next to my father, looking at my mother. And that was a very profound moment of switch where I could feel the pain that my father was experiencing that was coming through the ancestry line as well as between he and my mom. And I recognize that our ancestry and our biological familial experience is not the only experience that fuels or funnels into our, for lack of a better word, I want to say sanskara, which is a Sanskrit word for the impressions and beliefs and ways of being that we hold that are distorted. So the ancestry is not the only channel for those things to come through. There's also past life. There's also a multidimensional experience, celestial or galactic experiences. There's the collective and the archetypal. There's the systemic and communal. But what I've found is the family experience can be really deep. Because it's the first way as a human being is in this three-dimensional form that we know how to love. Or we learn what love is in a certain, in this certain language. And it can be all distorted. It can be very beautiful. And so here I am standing next to my father in this constellation image, looking at my mother and I feel deeply wounded. This is under the surface. This is not the more overt surface level experience of my father. It's the perhaps unconscious, it's the unfelt, it's the underneath, it's the soul. And that helped equalize things for me. Where I'd always, in a way, sided with my mother. And I've worked on this for many, many years, but this time it, it gave it another boost. I'd always sided with my mother and here I felt a little more even, like both of them had responsibility for the pain that they caused. And it wasn't just my father to be villainized. It wasn't my father to be blamed, even though I had my own childhood anger that needed to be directed towards him or I don't know if it needed to, but it was, it belonged there between me and him. But here... My mother and my father, seeing that it was a shared responsibility for the pain and the hurt between them, was a breath of relief. And hearing my mom's side of the story for so many years, I had heard my father's side too, but it just was so brutally painful. You know, your mom did this again, your mom did this. And there was just this way I could not... I was too loyal to my mother to betray her by believing him. It felt like if I took in my father and took in his experience, I would be, betray my mother. And there was some reality to that feeling, but to release that and to find a new way to love my mother instead of loving her by betraying my father was so freeing for me. And even to this day, there are ways that my mom will complain about him that feel, that have felt kind of painful for me. And I've had to learn to disconnect from that and just honor that she has her journey and her experience. I don't need her to change uh, anymore. I used to feel like I'd want her to change. But there was healing that happened on my part to support that where she actually did acknowledge this in real life, but 
in myself, I had spent time sitting with this feeling that she could honor my father for who he was and who he is in me so that my mom can fully see me. Because every time she would complain, not just complain, but blame him and make him out to be a bad person or put some bad qualities, name him as having certain bad qualities, like he's selfish. Oh, he just never thinks about anybody. You know, like many people would say about Trump now. Uh, Whenever she'd say these things, I could feel something inside of me cringe, even though I really did understand where she was coming from too, because I have felt that that's my experience in some ways. But when you're forced to choose between one parent or the other, by means of one parent slandering the other, you cannot be in harmony with yourself. And I can feel... I can feel something healing in me now, just saying it out loud, that um, it was so important for me to imagine my mom honoring him and his hurt and honoring honoring him in me and, and being in harmony with him through me so that I can feel my own wholeness, that my mother doesn't have to hate my father inside of me <laughs> and that the, the perhaps feminine doesn't have to hate the masculine inside of me or that I find another way to replicate that pattern in my life, which I have, as you can hear from that one relationship and there have been others. So to feel that both sides of myself that live through me are in harmony with each other Oh, that was incredibly essential for me. And I'm bringing this all up because when I see Trump out there in the world, it has the same resonance for me as my young experiences with my father and my parents and feeling the divide where they're not quite seeing heart to heart, eye to eye, and letting each other have enough space to be seen and honored, but just throwing back and forth the brutal commentary and criticisms, the shutting down and putting up walls. And that was all an adaptive response. And it didn't need to be different. I've just experienced it before. And so when I see it out in the world, I'm like, wow, yeah, you know, here's my childhood all over again. And luckily, I'm in the place where I'm not having the same reactions as I did even five to 10 years ago today. So in the larger picture for my mom and her journey, perhaps it's the right thing for her or wherever. It's not for me to say that she's able to speak up in in the way she can, even if it's criticism or villainizing someone or being rageful at my father That's her journey. That's perhaps even healing for her. And I know that in some ways it is coming from having no voice to having a voice and saying it however she wants to say it, which is what I see one thing that Trump has done besides destroying things. He has lit a fire and woken people up. You know, enough is enough, right? There's this We need to have a bigger voice. We need to wake up. We need to take up our own power and do something or say something or feel, at least feel. And there's an incredible amount of rage going on, as reflected by the wildfires too, I think, on a larger level. But um, I had released and forgiven myself for any beliefs that I have, that I'm dependent on my mother to accept my father in order to be okay, in order to have harmony inside myself or peace inside myself and just releasing that, forgiving myself for beliefs that um, that my father is horrible and that therefore there's a part of me that's horrible because there are so many ways that 
I am my father. And do I then shame myself when I shame him or when my mother shames him? And is that necessary? Is that what's needed now? And as I look over, I, um, I forgot to mention that I'm sitting here podcasting with a new friend. And it's a red stillbite crystal. It is so beautiful. It's like pink, orangey, peachy, and some like more reddish parts of the clusters of the crystal that just feel like this this rock just called to me in the shop and I I had to get it, adopt it and bring it home. And it's um bringing a lot of loving soft intuitive energy and um a bit of playfulness and tenderness, sweetness as I'm just feeling into it. So while I'm talking here, I'm I'm looking at that. Um, but the process that I also went through was honoring my mother in her own place in her journey. And that reflects honoring, honoring others in the world that they're on their own journey. Whatever it is that they feel they need to do and whatever dynamic they're living in, playing out. To me, it feels like harmony to witness it and sometimes not look away if that's necessary and sometimes look away if it is necessary but to not get in the way of it when someone gets angry that might be the most healing step and we cannot omit any person even trump or even his supporters from that kind of process we are just living so many different timelines everyone is in their own timeline and own trajectory of their own development and whatever they're doing here. And I don't know what people are doing here. I only know what I'm doing here. And you only know what you're doing here. And it really takes some getting to getting to yourself, finding yourself, letting yourself unravel and reveal going home inside yourself to bring forth who you are and what you're doing here. This leads me to a a larger conversation about existence and, and harmony and how we're a create, we're each a creative force and we come from the source, which is all powerful, all possibility, source itself, which has full power to create and manifest. (sighs) I want to separate the words create and manifest from this energy because those words seem to trap it into some sort of ideology that I don't mean, like the common ways that people use the word manifest. But when I say creativity, we are creative alchemic energies, and each of us are here from wherever we're from, from whatever star system, from wherever you think you're from. We've traveled many dimensions. It's my belief. Uh, you, you may not believe that. That's okay. Um, but we're here, each with our own journey, and we're each creating something. And I don't just mean like, what is your career you're creating or are you creating a family? I don't mean the concrete things. I mean, as a whole being in your energy system, in your energy field and moment to moment intentions, what are you creating? What is your way of being that creates something in this existence? And what did you come for? And some people are here to destroy things. Some people are here to feel into their rage. Some people are here to feel that end of a power dynamic and to experience that. Some people are here to feel peaceful and experience that and create that around them. Some people say they're here for peace and they're really about rage or violence. So is it congruent? 
is what you truly desire congruent with the vibrational feel of what you are doing moment to moment. We're not perfect, but this is all part of our creative ability. We get to see where where and how we're directing our energy and just how powerful we are. And we get to see when we've lost our sense of ourselves. We've lost the sense that we are powerful and we've dispersed it into things around us, people around us, the world around us. And we give that more power than what's on the inside. So as I mentioned earlier, I'd rather harness all the powers, all the creative, every emotion, every energy is creative, has the ability to create something, a a certain result. And I'd rather harness all of those things, maybe not every single one in every moment, but some are more interesting at different times. But overall, when it appears to me, I'd rather harness it and be able to direct it and use it for my own purposes rather than letting it use me. We are beings that have forgotten our own freedom. And we've forgotten that the places that we don't feel free, the places we feel trapped, we feel um, where someone else has the power over us or something else has the power over us, those are the moments that serve to show us where we've directed our power, where we have placed it and where we can reclaim it. We are actually free to create. We are doing it right now. We're just sometimes so identified with it, we can't tell that we're doing it. It becomes on autopilot. We are a bit numb, dissociated, overwhelmed. But deep inside, deep at the core of everything, it's my belief that we are creating the world around us. So you know in your personal life when you have a little whisper of an intuition or a sense that something's important or you need to do something, if you ignore it, and it really truly is something you needed to do, something else hits you, it, it hits harder. And if you ignore that, it hits even harder. And maybe that's in uh, your physical body with tension or an illness or some version of it turning into a more severe issue. You know, when you hit rock bottom or... When you're like, oh, I shouldn't have ignored this over the years. And now it's turned into this. We often have to get to the place where something's so big, it slaps us in the face or it hits us in such a big way. Then we wake up and we do something about it. And sometimes it doesn't seem like it's completely ours. Like this could be happening over the ancestry, like the, the different people in your ancestry having experienced something and then it accumulating and then you experiencing it to a larger degree. So maybe it doesn't feel like that at all, what I'm describing. But what I'm remembering is this story that describes that when your intuition or something's trying to get your attention, first it tries with a feather, then it hits you with a two by four and it finally runs you over with a metaphorical Mack truck. And aren't so many things in our lives that way. Like we need that giant semi-truck to run us over for us to make a change or look. Maybe Trump has been that semi-truck for the collective. I was listening to It's Been a Minute with um, Sam Sanders on NPR, The Dangers of White Supremacy, and he talked with Kathleen Bilo, um, an assistant professor of history at the University of Chicago, about what, and these are his words, about what we get wrong when we talk about white supremacy and white power activists. And something that she said at the very end of the like 16-minute segment is that 
What's different about this time period right now is that there's more public attention to the topic of white power and racism than there ever has been historically in other moments uh, and time periods that she has studied as far as white power activism goes, white supremacy goes. So that's interesting. You know, there's more public, she said there's more public and sort of like endured attention right now. And um, maybe we had to be hit by many semi-trucks, unfortunately, and bless those beings that were part of showing us that in order to look and keep looking and keep looking and keep looking. And what are we looking at? I don't know. It's, it's completely individual. As I mentioned, when I see Trump, I see my young version of my father. And that could be an echo for me of many lifetimes of feeling victimized by a male authority and feeling that a male has authority over me. What is it for you? What are you looking at when you look out and see this election season? When you look out and see what's happening with people around you, with the world, what calls your attention and tugs something in your heart? That's where to look. And of course, there's no right or wrong. All of it is and you may disagree with me, but I experience all of this as a way to see our wholeness, come back to our wholeness, come back home to the fullness of who we are individually and collectively. But we're all, as I said earlier, part of this experience at a different trajectory of that experience. And everyone coming with their own intentions. So the intention I just stated was my own and it may not be anyone else's intention. There's complete freedom. And that is the point. There's complete freedom. There's complete creative freedom to create the life and experience of something that touches us in some way and shows us the depths of who we are. So I was uh, camping and over the weekend and I had this major pain in my neck and in my back and it just happened sharply and quickly and as I was sitting out around the fire that I built, Tim Ferriss' upside down fire, I loved it, I uh, could feel this message coming through that I needed to talk about this for me and for anyone, whoever's meant to be listening to this message so it may not be for you but if it is I hope that it's it's um, supported you in whatever your process is and um, feels important to just end with this note on instead of looking at these surface conversations and topics to uh, go to the deeper level I've talked about going to a deeper level with yourself with your personal experience but when you look at the world around you Instead of looking at what people are doing at the surface level, which sometimes can be performative activism or just these uh, more concrete things that are happening, look deeper. Feeling that Trump has served a purpose, that may be just my opinion, but look at the energy that he's brought and bringing and what, what may be happening at a more essential and a level across time in each moment when you look at the candidates that you're about to vote for if you're going to vote or what's going on with people around you how you're relating what is the energy that you're bringing where what is the essence of how you are in this moment in each moment and what's the essence of how other people are in each moment despite what their words or actions are doing or showing. 
A fun exercise for me is to feel into the energy of what's happening, what people are saying, not what they're saying, not the words, the energy, not the action, the energy. Feel that energy, feel what's going on truly, because sometimes the words are not congruent and we can be tricked. I've been tricked a lot. You know, when something looks really good on paper and then you experience it and you're like, that is the opposite. And that's how we can move around this world without saying this is wrong or right, but saying, what is this about for me? What is this showing me on my journey? Is this for me? Even if other people or the more seeming collective thinks it's for everyone. Is it for me? What am I here to do? What do I want? Okay, well, (laughs) I started with pouring some tea and I haven't even taken a sip. (laughs) It's been a pretty intense topic. Um, Fun, fun in some ways, Um, maybe controversial in other ways. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Feel free to email me message me. My email is embody at candiswoo.com. You can find more of these podcasts at candiswoo.com slash podcast. And um, if any of these podcasts have supported you, I would so appreciate if you consider donating to the podcast as this uh, podcast stays running with your kind donations and contributions. Thank you so much to all the listeners out there that just receive me or take any little piece of things in or reject it completely however it served you on your journey thank you see you next time on the embody podcast <laughs>